Hello everybody, this week we're back on Daisy's Not Live. This is Miral. I'm Scott. And this is Zane. Nice to have you guys back. How was your week? Uh my week was pretty good. It's been uh it's been a little odd. Let's just address the elephant in the room. It's it's been a little nerve-wracking. Um Fortunately, we had Halloween to take the edge off, so it was really fun watching little kids run around in costumes and getting sugar highs. Uh, but it was, you know, it was a strange week. I'm not going to lie. How about you, Zin? Pretty much, pretty much the same. It was busy, but it's it's a strange week, and it's going to build up to be even stranger week this week from tomorrow, definitely. Oh man, Ooh. I can't <laughs> even think. Literally, I kept myself really busy last week. We had couple of events that uh, we were organizing along with other partners and that was crazy amount of time that, that, that we, we spent organizing these events so if you know that last week was last week no not last week but today 2nd of November is Shah Rukh Khan's birthday so his fans worldwide which is according to uh, according to sources, is three and a half billion people. That's like forty-five percent of the world's population <laughs> knows this guy. <laughs> he's a celebrity. He's a star, and he's a he's a genuine human being, apparently. Um, so what happened was that his fans approached us to help uh, help them put together some events for his birthday, and we ended up organizing a trivia show across the week for his fans, and it was fun. It was crazy fun because i didn't know stuff about the guy that now i know i could be i could be a walking encyclopedia on sharukan by now <laughs> because of all the research that our team ended up doing on him what sports did he play in high school um hockey football cricket all of them wow okay <laughs> when you see him perform you see the energy on screen whatever else there is but there is this energy on screen and he's humble enough to say that I'm not here because I know how to act. I don't know how you love me so much because I know I can't act, but um, I am who I am. And this is a bundle. And I got lucky because I picked up the movies that anybody, but no, which nobody else wanted to do in the first place. So I thought that was really nice of him to be so honest about it. What are his hobbies? Um, well, I guess right now watching cricket because he owns quite a few IPL teams. He owns quite a few teams. Does he so enjoy right taking now, long walks in the park? I don't know. Well, I, I'm just. You I know, didn't ask him. Oh, so you're testing me, the encyclopedia. Yeah, exactly. Oh wow, Scott. You, wait, well, you you put down the marker. I'm just you know I'm just yeah. not valid. No, he he likes running more. Okay, all right. What was his first movie? Um, his first movie was uh, Nahe. You could say anything right now to be like, oh, okay, good. Yeah, good, right. Good, right. I, I, know. I know. Why do you think I'm doing that? Okay. <laughs> but right. but let's come to Shahrukh Khan in a okay. bit. All let's right, start so with the structure for what we're going to talk about today. Right. We're going to talk about Mirzapur. Yes. We're going to talk about Chalang. I ended up meeting and interviewing, not meeting, I mean, when I say meeting now, it's Zoom by default, okay? So we ended up uh, doing a uh, doing an interview of Nushrat Barucha, the star, the actress who acts in a movie called Chalang that's going to be released on November 13th. So that was really a good, uh, good um, chat we had with her. Um, then we will talk about, of course, SRK and his birthday and what we did for his birthday. But also, 
we all watched three movies of SRK last week, and I think Scott, you're one short on that one, but I watched all three. <laughs> I am, I am one. Short. I watched, I rewatched all three. <laughs> I rewatched all three as well, and it was just, it was just my childhood coming back in a lot of ways. But, but then you remember why you love the guy. <laughs> Why you love the guy? I mean, I was I wasn't an I, I wasn't an SRK fan till I watched Dawn, and with Dawn too, I literally fell in love with the guy. <laughs> literally fell in love with the guy. We'll talk about that, and then we will talk about the movie that we reviewed last week, which is called Kali Kuhi, Shabana Azmi's movie. We'll talk about female infanticide, which is basically what the movie is all about. So, do you want to get started with Mirzapur? Yes. Let's go! <laughs> All right. Now, you and I really, really beat up on Mirzapur. Beat up, I say, when I, when I say that, I mean, we spoke, talked a lot about it. Uh, I want to hear, Zane, I want to hear how much Mirzapur have you seen and what did you think? Let's bring in... Well, I, yes, I finally ahead. caught up on all of Mirzapur. Nice. All right, let's hear it. So... Great, absolutely fantastic. Everything that you said was pretty spot on. Very interesting uh, storyline, characters, plotline, everything in there. It was very gritty. It was a little dark. Uh, sometimes actually dark too, dark. right? Those some of the, the so many of those scenes, like the light was low. It was a it was a dark right, show. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I like the way that it wasn't romanticized. Right in the traditional way, a, you know, a uh, that we've got to know over in Indian cinema, where you know there's a certain stereotype. The characters were actually relatable, right? I think the flaws were relatable. The 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 good points you you could see the motivations behind the characters, and I think the acting was fantastic, mostly. Yeah. All right, it, it was mostly fantastic. The character development. Uh, especially in seasons two, really got underway. I think season one was definitely uh, like building up, but I think season two is really where we got the Mirzapur, the producers and writers probably wanted us to see. All right. Um, yeah, I, th I thought it was fantastic. I, th I mean, being a fan of the genre, not having, I'm just trying to think, Amira, you might be able to uh, correct me on this. I don't think there's a cinema equivalent in Bollywood of that type of darkness, that type of reality in the gangster family genre, right? Uh, no, there is. Uh, there is Gangster Wasepur. If you haven't watched that specific okay. movie, we should we should we should talk about that next week. We should have there are two parts to this movie, Gangster Wasepur one and two, and it's on Prime, I guess. And I'll send you the links and let's do the watch and talk about it next week. But yeah, we could do a comparative. Uh, I, I thought I thought Mirzapur was was brilliant in all departments. Not only the acting, but the story, the narration of the story, the the uh, the dialogues. Every dialogue is meme material. I, and and you see it on the internet, even when Mirzapur one was over. I mean, there's a gap of one year between one and two literally and every day of that one year mirzapur was top 10 top 20 worldwide and i sent a note to you guys the uh, like four days ago like two days after mirzapur was released and did you see it's number one worldwide in demand yeah. that's crazy yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know, actually, you know, the only thing that I'd like to say here right now, and it's more aimed at Scott. Scott, I really wish you didn't have to rely on translations because the language that is used is just fantastic. And I know, I know it's unfortunate and unavoidable, but I wish you were just as eloquent in Hindi Urdu as you are in French and English, because you would have, yeah. I think for me, uh, that was the main thing, the language. Writing. You know, the, the, the writing, the writing is so was so good. So good. Spot on. Spot on. And I, and I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not, want to as you guys know to, to to say something is really really good unless it really is and i think i think there's a pluralism must watch yeah it's fantastic all right so i want to get back to something because zane you asked about the the um the genre and mir and i i had read this a few places and i was unfamiliar with this it's a movie or a series mirror that you were talking about that's it's a, it's a movie movie in two series one and two gangs of Wasipper. okay and that's yeah that's the one i've heard about other than that is there, because I think Zane, your point was there wasn't much, if any, of a tradition of this. Like if you want to talk about traditions of the mafia and dark movies, obviously you've got The Godfather, but there's Goodfellas. I mean, the Italian American mafia, uh, I don't genre, subgenre is voluminous, right? There's just tons of it. And so, yeah. and I had this question as well, how much of this for subcontinental uh, uh, Asia, how much of there uh, that exists? I think, I, I, I think you know, and my, and my cinematic knowledge of back catalogs is very limited, but uh, I'm sure it would have come up. I think in most Indian movies, there has always been a villain. There's always been a gangster, right? There's always it just it the traditional Indian movie is pivoted around a you know the the switch between the good guy and the bad guy and the bad guy always seems to be some type of villain. They even um, had a gangster in Bandish Bandits. He made like one right. appearance but in this, in this light uplifting thing about yeah. singing and love. There was a, there was, there was a gangster. So yeah, I hear you. But there wasn't, but I, you know, other than maybe gangs of Wasipur, the, I don't think there has been a deep dive into the, the living lives of a crime family in India, how they operate, how they speak, how they are involved. And, you know, one of the great things here was, I mean, we always hear what I liked was they, they mixed it in. It was, you know, it was a business as well. It was a political enterprise. There was ambition. Uh, you know, the, the, those are, you know, the traditional reference, you know, you probably recognize them, Scott, as well. You know, there was, traditional storylines picked from that genre that we're familiar with the italian american gangster movie you know there was almost a fredo-esque like scene there was the um you know there's a few others and i i think they picked up but there's never been anything as gritty as this right you know and and in some indian movies the the the, the gangster villain is almost a comedic fellow in, you know not in a gary Hatchard, yeah yeah, yeah, not in a James Bond villain or, doc, you know, or Dr. Evil from... Yeah, but, 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 but then I, I think you're talking about movies from the 19... Till the 1990s, there was a specific character that was a good guy who was a hero, or a specific character who did everything bad and that was a villain. That kind of went out in, in 1990s. I remember a movie in 2002 called Company. I think that was, that was based on the lives of Dawood Ibrahim, one of one of the worst uh, possible <laughs> people to uh, to create a movie around. I mean, to to have a biopic around. 
but but also how um, you know this entire story of how he became a gangster and how you really empathize with the characters you empathize with people who worked with them um, Company was one such movie that started this entire genre of talking about gangsters as people and not labels right yes. so so, yes. I, so I guess after that there was Raees Shah Rukh Khan's Raees there was a movie where, where, where a gangster where, where a gangster you kind of start empathizing with the guy you almost want him to win right and and in, and it's difficult to do it in two two and a half hours of of space but my point but my point was my point was that yes the it has moved right in terms of more character uh in depth and even things like with Shah Rukh Khan's version of Zaydan which we'll speak to about later you know there's been a shift in the way a a gangster a bad guy has portrayed and it's kind of overlapped the way it's done in Hollywood but I, I don't think and and like I said this depth of exploration of a crime family right has I don't I've never seen before. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's, in, a in, it's a first in a series. You're right about it. It's it's a series plus there's so much there's so much canvas that they could they could use to extrapolate things uh, and and characters and and circumstances and and it is so beautifully written. I thought the the surprise elements, how people change, how loyalties change. It's very difficult to do that in a two hour movie one and a half two hours now i mean even even bollywood movies don't surpass two hours anymore <laughs> so right. so, the other so thing, i think, the other I think thing a lot is has gone a lot has gone into developing these characters and I, I i was thinking of how how intricately you fall in love with each one of them at the end of it you feel sorry even for muna when he dies no 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 you did not no no didn't feel sorry for muna glad he was dead yep Okay, Scott, what did you think? <laughs> well, I, I agree with you, and I think I think that's the real benefit, right? This is nothing revolutionary. This is the real benefit of series versus a movie is that you have time to develop these characters. And I, I did not become emotionally... I don't become emotionally attached to psychopaths anymore. I used to. I, even, if they're, they're the, the, even if they're the heroes, I, I used to always identify with the hero and dislike the bad guy. Now I dislike the bad guy and I do not necessarily sympathize and or love the hero unless he or she is a character worth loving. I will always find it, I will always find it interesting and, and, and I, I thought all of the characters were fascinating. I especially loved... Um, um, oh, Radhi Shankar's son, uh, I forget his name. Sharad, Sharad. Sharad, he was fascinating. The whole, I mean, the whole thing was great. I like watching watching Golu change, develop in, from that sweet little bookworm into a jaded, unhappy, power-hungry, uh, vengeful woman. That was great. Um, but being able to watch it unfold over 10 episodes was fantastic. And I don't, I just don't think you would have gotten all of the nuance in a movie. Um, but I was so, so glad when Muna bought it. I really, I'm not going to lie. He needed to die. He was annoying. <laughs> he, he needed to die. He, he was, he was so like, he was so horrible at the wedding, shooting a pregnant woman for God's sake. I mean, that was, I, I, you know, that right there was, in, that's, that one thing made him, I hated him for the rest of the, of the but then to, to blow off half of Babalu's head and it was just it was just and make sure everyone watched it i mean what a terrible human being he deserved he deserved something more slow and painful 
but you know, I'm glad he got it in the end because I, I couldn't couldn't take two years of that. Two more. So <laughs> in pain for what the grandfather got at the end. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I honestly. I've, scene. What do you think about what do you think about that scene? The grandfather. I, I I'm glad they all died. <laughs> I the, the it worked out exactly the way it was supposed to. The, the only person who des- who needed to continue because he was a great character and he wasn't even though he was like indirectly evil, he wasn't directly evil was Colleen Baya. So I'm, I'm because he was the traditional he was yeah. the traditional like mafia don, right? He was the I look after, you know, I'm the head of a patriarchy. I, I, I look after my people, yeah. Yeah. whether, you know, reg- our business may be seen as bad, but I'm, I'm a good guy, yeah. right? This right. is just the, what I have to do in this world to survive and gain power, but it doesn't mean I'm a bad guy. And that's what it was with him. And uh, with the other characters developing, you know, some out of vengefulness, uh, Muna just out of, I don't know, you know, I don't know even know how to explain that. He's just somebody who just wanted to be bad. He wanted to live to a certain stereotype, right? Uh, but how, you know, how, you know, like the, the women in the household, we're talking about the grandfather scene and the subplot that builds up to that, the, you know, the way the grandfather blackmails the two women, you know, in return for X, Y, Z. And, you know, how they, you know, it's so personal for them to kill him that even a bullet would not be good enough. It needs to be painful. Yeah, that was, that was... A, yeah, even Makbul, he raised his, he opened his eyes like, wow, okay, all right, I'm just going to sit back and <laughs> I'm going to watch this. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry, Makbul, Makbul was my favorite character in the whole oh, He was thing. a great character, yeah. What, what an underrated actor, whoever that yeah, is. <laughs> he's just nice. He, he actually reminds me, he, he remind, and one of the things was he reminds me of a friend of mine, a couple of friends of mine. Who, yeah. And, I'm going to uh, stay so away that, from, that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. When, when you ha- um, when when you're hanging out with those guys, I'm going to be somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> we'd be on Zoom, literally. <laughs> we Zoom Zoom distancing you. <laughs> the way but he holds he, a his sem- ca- an automatic. Sorry, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it, it and and for that reason, I I could say that uh, it was a very relatable and real character. Right. He, he was very relatable, very, very real. And, you know, he was the Luca Brazzi of, of, of this movie, of this series. Right. Yeah. So right. He, he, and he was I think he was very, very relatable. Um, yeah, he, he, he him and Colleen Bai were probably my two favorite characters. Yeah, definitely. And, and I would add Golu to that just because she, her transformation was fantastic. Yeah. So what about Ali Fazel? What about Gudu? <sighs> Go ahead, Zane. I, he, he just comes up across as the over uh, steroided guy, right? Who's you know <laughs> into bodybuilding and has lost a lot of sense. He's got no no strategy. No, he's just got a one way track mind. I mean, if it wasn't for Google, emotional, right, yeah, he, yeah, he's he's over emotional, over eager to solve problems through violence, and you know, and and I think he gets addicted, right? They show him actually getting addicted, right? From that first scene where, hey, here's your first test, kill somebody, right? Where his brother is, you know, quite apprehensive, can't do it. And then he steps in because, you know, he's he's a more macho guy and then suddenly finds out that he's, he enjoys the process, right? I thought so, so too. But, but the actor, yeah. Ali Fuzzle, I mean, throughout season two the way he recovers from his wounds the way he drags himself all over the place i thought 
I literally thought he really had it. The way he's dragging his leg all around, the way he loses muscle mass because he can't work out. You see that physical transformation. He stoops a lot more. I mean, it's just so beautifully captured. I think he was a believable character. I'm, I'm yet undecided to see how his character develops because I, other than that transformation from, hey, I'm just a happy-go-lucky guy who wants to win a bodybuilding competition and get, get a girl, right, uh, into, you know, the, 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 the revenge and getting back at the, at the family. Um, it's just got the transformation there's no transformation into another another dimension for him yet and i'm waiting for that i think that might come in season three well, i think i might as... disagree a little bit with that really yeah yeah I, I i tell you what i see what you're saying and i get it but i one of my problems with the character not with the actor i thought the actor is fantastic but with the character oh, that's good yeah and this is this is about the writing i i think he made too much of a jump from young eager dumb bodybuilder and i don't mean bodybuilders are dumb but young eager bodybuilder dumb guy tough guy yeah. to um uh world weary quiet intense guy like there was a too much of a jump from one to the other and i understand watching your brother and your wife get killed will mess you up i still think the degree of that transformation was a bit was a bit extreme he went he went from one sort of young naive silly character to another i think it was too much i think it was too well I think we, the jump. you could say that about gulu as well right from bookworm to very intense strategic you know uh but she was know, almost... her character was her character was sort of reserved right her character so that reserved bookworm to reserved intense uh revenge person was one thing but like hey man i want to go out and kick some butt and i want to knock people around and, da, da, da. and uh, all of a sudden he's very pensive i just thought that i thought that jump was a bit much i think it developed i, I and that's what i meant by it just developed in, it got deeper and deeper i think if you and then maybe that's the thing from jumping you know having a year in time reference between season one and season two maybe that's something that got missed out potentially yeah, that's but I'm, I'm looking for that i'm looking for that next dimension to his character right because now that they've got their revenge right um how are they going to handle being kings of mirzapur now right because they they did de facto take it over how how is that changing regime really gonna change the way they are and i I'm, I'm, I have a suspicion that they're just going to develop into another version of the Colleen, uh, you know, the, Franchisee. the original family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the original family, mm -hmm. right? Because that's just the way it goes. And I think that's the transformation that's going to be interesting. Because there's a or, or will, will, Colleen, will Colleen allow them? Because now he's with Sharad, because Sharad saved his life. And the whole. Uh, the reason why Sharad saved his life was because he saw that Muna died and now he will replace Muna in his life. And will, will Colleen ever trust him enough? Because remember, Colleen is well, all about family her. first. <laughs> and he has another that son revenge. now. Yeah, he has another son with his yeah. wife, right? Yeah. That revenge story is yet to play out. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I'm just more interested in how, how they show that Hey, it doesn't matter who it is to live that life. You have to be that way, however much you despise it. And I, and I yeah. think that's what we're going to get in season three. 
No, I think you're right because isn't most mafia stories? It's either you get out, or yeah. you live out a you perpetual can't. cycle of death and destruction. Well, and I mean, to quote, quote Al Pacino, to quote Al Pacino from Carlito's Way, they're just never going to let me leave. Right. Yeah. And in, they in, always in bring three, me back right? in. Yeah. Every time I, they pull me back in. Yeah. So. Yeah, that yeah, was they pull me back in, and it's a constant theme. There's no way out. Once you're in, you're in. The so, only way out is death. So what's the verdict we have? We want to see season three, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. Season three, definitely, and hopefully season four and five, because <laughs> the, show is, the show is good. This show is really good, yeah. So, so hats off to how they wrote it. Hats off to the direction. And, of course, the actors are amazingly awesome. Yes. So definitely. things to look, look out for. Mirzapur season three, right? Done. Absolutely. All right, moving on. Now that we're talking, let's let's change the way where we're thinking a little bit and come to a glamorized version of Shahrukh Khan and Dawn. I know last week we decided we're going to do a Shahrukh Khan week, and since we were doing gangster movies as it is, we thought we'll just go and rewatch Dawn one and Dawn two in advance um, of his birthday, which is today. And um, we watched Dawn 1, Dawn 2, and I ended up posting a watch party of Dilwale Dulhaniya Lejang, a DDLJ, which is uh, Shah Rukh Khan's iconic blockbuster that's been in uh, that's been in theaters for like 26 years, 27 years. Is it still in theaters? Yeah, every it's year still it's wow. still in theater. It's playing in Maratha Mandir in, in Bombay, Mumbai. And every year, fans go watch the movie again. Wow. Literally. It is that kind of adulation for the movie. But this movie was path-breaking. It was the first movie shot with the young people on a Eurorail trip. And, you know, and the latter part of it in Punjab. And it's it's it was iconic for people at that point in time in 1990s, whatever, 94, 96, when it was released. But let's start with Shah Rukh Khan and Don. I know you both have watched Don. Yes. That's uh, <laughs> No, I, I look, Don, okay. Man, I this complicated. I like the movie, I enjoyed it. I was a little not going to lie, a little surprised to see uh song and dance routines in a mobster movie. That was a little that was a little weird for me. Did you recognize Priyanka? Uh you mean the angelically beautiful uh woman married to the Jonas brother? Yes. Yes, That's Priyanka Chopra. You did recognize. Yes, her. I did recognize her. Yes. Um, wow. Yeah, she was she was magnificent. Um, there are a lot of my thoughts on Don and Don Two. I actually like Don Two better. My thoughts on Don and Don Two really are more tied up in the whole Shahrukh Khan myth and the David Letterman interview that I saw with Shahrukh Khan. It's just. Because this was my first introduction to him. And so maybe you two can talk about the movies a little bit because I, I'm, I'm still over here trying to grapple with the myth and, and it's much more difficult for me to get past. Get past is the wrong way of saying it. It's much more difficult for me to overlook the, the myth of Shahrukh Khan and start talking about the movies because, I mean, he's larger than, to say he's larger than life is silly. I mean, it's, that's, it pales in comparison to what what it really I'm trying to say, but he's so he's such a huge presence that that I need to talk about that more than the movie. So you two should probably talk about the movie because I'm just going to keep bringing it back to to him as a as a person and as a phenomenon. 
Let's let's start with that, and then we'll come come to the Dawn movie. Oh, okay. Start with your impression. Okay. Well, it boiled. The very simple version is, I don't get it, and I don't mean this in any way to be negative. I don't have a single negative thing to say about Shahrukh Khan at all. Right? He's he's a and you and I were talking about this. He's he's a good looking guy, but there are, there are much prettier men in Bollywood. Right. He's uh, he's a good actor, but he can be a little hammy, a little silly sometimes, uh, which is fine. You know, that that makes people laugh and it's it's fun. And he was that way in, in his interview with uh, Letterman. He can be sarcastic. He can be arrogant. Uh, who wouldn't be arrogant if he had three and a half billion fans? So, like, I none of these things are criticisms. None of these things are what what I don't see is the difference between huge Bollywood star and like I don't I don't see why Shahrukh why isn't he just a big Bollywood star? What is the thing that propels him into this into this outer space thing that I just that very few other human beings inhabit? Like who else is there? Seriously, who else is in that rarefied air? Obama? I'm, I'm genuinely Butchin. asking, Mr. Butchin. Mr. Butchin. Yeah, and that's the and that's the point that I'm going to make. I think. And I think I'm going to tie this in a little bit with Don. Um, the original Don movie was with Amita Bachchan, which is probably the greatest 1978. living legend. Yeah, the, great, the greatest living legend. And their actual genesis story is very much the same, right? They both, they don't come from movie families. They both had to make their breaks, right? And they both weren't well liked as seen as typical bollywood star material when they entered right and i think and and if, if you look at amita Bachchan, he it, you know in his era he, he and still now he is a superstar and as he has aged and matured very well and taken more senior roles they needed a, a similar character that stepped into that vacuum I think was Shah Rukh Khan, and I think it was because there was there is so many similarities in their Genesis story, and in the way they portray characters. Right? I mean, just for Shah Rukh Khan to take on a remake of a movie that was, you know, in its day, you know, fantastic, and it's like it's like somebody stepping into the shoes of say a Marlon Brando in a Godfather remake. It's literally impossible, right? And Shah Rukh Khan, I think was probably the only actor that could do that right and he's he's not one of those he he's not an expected superstar and i think that's the great thing about him so a couple of things that i wanted to add to what you were saying i completely agree with you for somebody to have the guts to do this but for somebody to make a very slick version of that movie and create a franchise out of it, it was also uh, for Han Akhtar, for that matter, and Excel movies, um, to think of creating a slicker, more modern version of Dawn from 1978, um, great. But for somebody to really walk into that role and to be able to pull it off, you needed so much acceptability with the audience because Mr. Butchin himself, you saw those masses of people outside Shah Rukh's house. That's exactly what happens uh, outside Mr. Butchin's house every day. And he has to come out of the balcony and say hi to them every day. So so there is this mass adulation that Mr. Butchin has lived with forever. And yes, both of them have the same background. They were they were not they were misfits. 
into Indian cinema because Indian cinema was all about good-looking Punjabi, fair-skinned actors, guys, tall guys. And there was a certain stereotype that you needed to be to be to be a hero. And both of them were not. Mr. Bachchan was too tall. He was rejected many times because he was too tall. And Shah Rukh Khan was definitely not that material. I mean, he was he was he was too he wasn't fitting into that category. So as he said in his interview, he said he picked up all the roles everybody else rejected. He did that. I'll let his talent take take the rest. Right. Okay, okay, so wait. And, and I guess he was also the first one to start, start portraying relatable characters. He was the first one to do a negative character. He did so many negative characters in his movies before he... He he got DDLJ, and that was his romanticized avatar. That's when the romantic Shahrukh Khan avatar started. Before that, all his movies were either he was an incompetent slob <laughs> trying to make it, or he was characterizing uh, characterizing the bad guys. So so I think he has done it all across the horizon. He's picked up roles that no blue-eyed Hindi movie actor would have picked up. Yeah. Okay, but. See, that's all like when you're talking about, I totally get how doing a remake of Don would be like the anointing, right? The passing of the crown from one guy. I, I get that. But what happened to get him there? That's what I'm not like. What is the, what is the, what is it about him that, that made him the guy that was now the replacement? What, like, did, did that, by him taking that role, was that the way he got into that rarefied air? Was he already there? What's the thing that makes him so? What's the thing that makes him SRK the myth? Like I, that's what I, I don't get. I think, I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying. I think it's. The, go ahead. Go ahead, Zen. I was going to say, I, I think it was the relatability, right? He's he he he's just a, a common man's hero, right? Uh, same way, I think Amitabh Bachchan was a common man's hero. He 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 was the everyday guy you could walk across in the street, and he and he. I think he always tries, and even in the Letterman interview, he tries and kind of maintains that around his persona is that I am still relatable. I I may be a superstar, but I'm just one of you, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that just gains respect, right? Um, whereas some people, yes. You know, and you know, he, he says it. He has to live his life to the myth of Shah Rukh Khan, right? Right. right. He, he's, you know, he's an employee. Right of, he says yeah, he's, he's an, an employee. He's an employee of the myth of Shah Rukh Khan, which I thought was a Shah brilliant Khan. way of, descri of describing it, really. But yeah. how did that myth come come about? Is it? I mean, so, just being relatable. So I think I think being relatable is one side of it. Playing the characters that he played in movies, because remember, the biggest thing that india has literally that connects india is bollywood and 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 it is it is it is the largest export whatever else we we export as indians bollywood is the biggest export of that country so um so so it's 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 just playing characters that you would see around you playing playing for example a guy who doesn't get the girl a guy who's helplessly in love with a girl and gets beaten up he I mean, t 
typically in Indian movies, the guy who's the hero doesn't get beaten up. He can shoot you dead without looking at you. Right. This guy was more relatable because he was doing, he, he was literally getting beaten up by people the entire time. Now, having said that, I remember there was this, um, there's this clip that I watched where he's uh, speaking, speaking at Yale. And uh, he, 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 I think it was a, it was a convocation that he was speaking at, and he told those students. He said, "I was successful because I, I picked up everything that came my way because I had the fear of poverty." Mm. I thought that was very, um, uh, that was real of him to even say that. He said, "I came from a very poor family. We couldn't afford a lot of things while I was growing up." So. In my head, if I did not struggle, I wanted to be an actor, and if I didn't do what was coming my way, the fear of poverty was so big that that I had to succeed somehow in doing what I was doing. So I did whatever came my way. I didn't think twice because I didn't think twice that it wouldn't be good for my image or I had a choice. He did not have a choice. He put himself deliberately in a situation where he didn't have a choice, and he told those people that success came to me because I gave myself no choice. No, I get that. And that, you know, that makes a lot of sense. But I've heard a lot of actors say that, that they're afraid they're not going to get work. So they, they take anything. I, I'm kind of like that in my professional life. There was a time where I said yes to absolutely every project that came across my desk because who knows? Who knows where the next one was coming from? But we're all, we've all been through that cycle. But, but for him to take those badly bad, I mean, what everybody else rejected and then convert them into super hits convert them into memorable memorable characters i think that is the essence of his success okay so relatability and it, it and i think it's that's tied to the idea of i'll take any role whether it's a negative a positive a neutral character whatever but i thought of something as you were saying how the greatest export of india is bollywood and that made me wonder is there always because it's so big right it's, and i don't think the average American understands how much bigger it is than Hollywood. I just don't get it. I remember the first time I walked into- It's like 800 million more people watching the movies. Right, yeah, exactly. I remember the first time I walked into an, an Indian restaurant in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, it, was, that it, it, it was one of those, um, it was a grocery store, movie rental place, and restaurant at the carryout in the back. First time I'd ever been in one. And I was astonished at the rows and rows and rows of DVDs available for rental. It's like I'd, I'd never heard of a single one of these movies. And there was just the entire wall was covered. It was like a blockbuster. You know, it was a grocery store on that side of the and a takeout over there and then just a blockbuster. It was crazy. And that was, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And I don't think the average American realizes that. So my point with that is, does something, does a machine this big, does it need a Shah Rukh Khan? Is there always at least one person who represents the the who epitomizes and personifies this enormous machine is there always at least one so Shahrukh may not be the only one because the same people the same three and a half billion people are also big fans of Amitabh Bachchan they're also big fans of Ritik Roshan they're also big fans of Amir Khan and then Salman Khan fanatics so so there are such other actors in that horizon. We're only talking about Shah Rukh today, but as we proceed, maybe we need to pick up one such actor every week and talk about and kind of kind of get our audiences also listening in to Great. 
At, at least one. That's yeah. That's but I mean, a, a machine that big is going to create stars that big. I guess. Of course, that's what and I there mean. are there are enough. And you know, it's not as if things worked out for them. Mister but Mister Butchin almost lost all his um, everything that he had, and he had to rebuild himself from from scratch again. And this is a man who rebuilt himself from scratch at a very 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 late stage of his career. He's, he's, what happened? He's, um, and he also he also survived death off a, a stunt accident as well. Yeah, back, yeah. Back Had a stunt so accident. He was in hospital, and I remember I, I was very, very, very small. I remember on television watching how many people just did not go home for the period of time that he was in an emergency. He was in the ICU because of a stunt um, gone wrong at at a set and uh, everybody was crying i mean people were crying and they were they were they were they were holding um pujas and temples and it was a big event i mean it in india movie stars are are big because people do and a lot of movies do get made every year and and by the way, the Hindi language film industry is only thirty percent of the movies that get made. There are other languages that get made as well. So this is a very big industry. You know, How one many... thing I want to add. One thing I want to add to why he's also. I think you know your question of the myth of Shah Rukh Khan. I just thought of it. It's very similar to, I guess. It, uh, sports fanatics here right the myth of michael jordan the myth of kobe bryant right it's uh people love them a because they're top of the game but they also love them because they know their work ethic and i think work ethic is an another big separator uh for sharul khan right yeah. I, I think work ethic goes maybe for sharul khan and maybe the other person i've heard in Bollywood mr butchin right? um, and, and, and even mr butchin uh, even mr butchin yeah, yeah. I know, I know of their co-actors, and the co-actors swear by you know just the work ethic that these people get to stay. They're always in time. They always are there for their other actors, even when the co-actors are rehearsing. I know Mr. Butchin stays there, and he actually helps the co-actor with their dialogues and emotions. So, so um, honestly, that kind of work ethic is what they bring to to the sets every day. And Mr. Butchin is what? He's he must be what eight almost eighty? Yeah, he's every, he's, every day he's, on time, on time on sets, rehearsing on time, everything, and stays on the sets even when he doesn't have a scene because he wants to be involved with the story. He's he's a he's yeah, he's a he's very um I'm trying trying to find the word now. I think I think he's he's very well respected for the way he treats people. And I think that's another common factor. Yeah, with, between Shah Rukh and Mr. Bachchan, yes. Shah Rukh has gone out of his way to help co-stars, help producers with things that they c cannot imagine. I remember a story, reading a story about this comic who runs a show on Sony called um, Nights with Kapil Sharma and his entire set got burnt down. And Shah Rukh actually entirely funded... Uh, I, I guess I heard he funded the uh, the the recreation of the sets for his for 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 a friend. So he's gone out of out of his way to do stuff like that for people. So Mira, you know, you, you mentioned Don was was a turning point for you. I think uh, in terms of your 
you know, your love for Shah Rukh Khan. And I think for me as well, but there was another movie. It was a Dilip Kumar movie remake. Um, what was it called? One with Madhuri Dixit. And uh, it was a remake of uh, an old uh, Dilip Kumar movie. And Dilip Kumar is another one of those great. Anjan? No, no, no. no. No, Wait, no, no, no. married to another guy? No, it's it's the one where Maduri is, is, is you know, uh, is a courtesan. Uh, oh, what's the movie now? Devdas. It's a favorite. Devdas. Yes. Yeah. Of I mean, that was another movie. Yeah. Yeah. Devdas was another movie. And Scott, that was another remake of... A That's movie. a classic. That's a classic. Yeah. That was that was another... I think that was another... So, so Devdas Deva is it's based on a book and this is a remake of another movie, of course, that's been made before. But Devdas is a story of a guy who falls in love with a woman and the woman gets married to somebody else, but he takes up drinking and literally destroys himself drinking while, uh, while, but while... Not in the way that you're imagining, Scott. Not in the, no, not the way you're imagining, because... because uh, it's quite fantastic. He gets emotionally supported by a courtesan, uh, a, a singer and a dancer, while he's drinking himself to death in love for another woman. And it's just, it's just, it's just the narrative is, is what the story is about. And, it's, uh, it's, but it's, it's acting. It's a classic. It's acting in it is phenomenal. Yeah. I think the way he's acted, uh, he's portrayed the character is amazing. And I think that, uh, I, I think the three pivotal movies for him are, is, is Dave Das, Don, uh, and I think, you know, Delwale Dolinia, I think, is always going to be. But I think another good movie of his, actually, that was quite pivotal was, uh, and I think that was a huge movie, was Kabi Khushi Kabi Ram, right? Yeah, but then even Mahabhati, for that matter, but because in Mahabhati, I saw him with Mr. Bachchan for the first yeah. time. Yeah. And there are scenes in Mahabhati where where he gave a tough fight to Mr. Ba Mr. Bachchan. He owned some scenes. He really owned it, especially with Mr. Bachchan in the frame. So I guess um, I guess he has he, he, there's a repertoire of movies that you can go and say, hey, this was Shahrukh's best. But but then I recently watched uh, a, a qu quite a recent movie that he made. It was it was called Dear Zindagi. The amazing part about the movie is about a girl who who's trying to face life, and she goes to this therapist for help. And Shahrukh is a therapist, and she falls in love with the therapist and how he manages her emotions while kind of detaching himself from her. Uh, not once in the movie did you feel that Shahrukh was the superstar who wanted to overshadow this newcomer. He gave her the movie. And I thought the best part about the movie was the fact that he just stepped aside for a co-star, an upcoming co-star. Very subtly. But you see him do it. He did not take her. He did not steal her thunder in any of their scenes. And there's Aliyah Brock. Well, his presence, yeah, yeah, his presence is so well established. And I think that's the other thing, Scott. He is... Um... He, he, in the beginning, he may have been stereotype, uh, stereocast in terms of like, a, you know, a certain type of role, but there were the roles that were kind of popular when he got into uh, Bollywood. Right. But I think over time, he has played such a variety of characters that it's almost, you know, it's almost Al Pacino-esque that he, you know, he, his, his acting is... Uh, he he can portray he can portray the wounded soldier the guy in the wheelchair the, you know no i was impressed the way he he went death. back and forth between don and vj that was that was fun i mean it was a little 
it was a little VJ was a little hammy as a character, so it was easy to make that distinction. But you know, I mean, I could, I there were two very different characters, two yeah. very different people, one guy. So I, he, he, he's portrayed, yeah. He's, I think he's, yeah. Though, 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 I mean, I'll be honest, there was a part during his career where I felt uh, he he became very annoying to me, <laughs> right? Because I, I felt he overacted. But I think once he got past that phase, he he really blossomed into a, a you know a really great actor. Was Don before uh, or after that phase? Um, I think Don was the, the beginning of after that phase. I mean, for me, DDL, uh, you know, Jai was kind of the annoying phase, but that was the you know that was just what was the market demand for that type of character i mean he played it very well and it was an you know it was a super hit movie but i think after don and some of the more when he started adding a lot more dimension to his movies i think that's where i started appreciating him as an actor as opposed to a star mm-hmm. right for me before no. he was just the, so, so I, I know we can keep talking about this Little Kingdom Come, yeah, but I just want to let, let our audiences know what we did for Shah Rukh's birthday. We got together with SRK Universe, which is one of the largest uh, fan clubs of Shah Rukh in more than 24 countries. And we hosted an entire run for um, three or four days where we brought in his fans to, for, to, a, uh, to a trivia prelim session. And then after the trivia of Berlin, we chose four fans for a final face-off, which happened yesterday, early morning Pacific and late late evening India. And it was crazy fun. It was amazing. I mean, it was a learning process for us because we had to research Sharuk a lot more. But then it was just amazing how these fans knew everything about him and his life. And it was a, it was a crazy face-off. A guy called Akib uh, won the uh, the trivia, and Jasmine was number two. A fan who runs his uh, fan club in Ecuador was um, uh, was number four actually and number three was a guy called Dharmit. so i mean people from all over the world the kind of entries we got for the quiz it was amazing zane scott we had people call, people send entries from egypt uh from france from morocco crazy fans in 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 central america crazy fans in europe crazy fans all over the world berlin austria no country left untouched by this guy and the love we will have for him was fantastic well this quiz is being and this entire trivia session is being uh, broadcast on radios in the geek coast to coast this week and of course we'll come back to you with more trivia sessions in the future this was amazing fun. And then what we did last night was hosted a, a watch party for DDLJ. Chu Sharuk style. A lot of people joined in from Canada and North America all over. And we had fun because, you know, those typical scenes while growing up, you know, those songs that we know we've heard when we were young, it all came back. And then we all remembered why we all fell in love with this character of Raj. Uh, it was it was just such a reprisal and we were just chatting back and forth while watching uh, the watch party and everybody every time a song would come up people would go oh yeah this song my favorite and then the next song would come and say no 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 this is my favorite so you just couldn't decide what it was about that character raj that you fell in love with but raj and simran which is Shahrukh Khan and Kajo made those characters immortal those those dialogues are immortal those songs are immortal really they still live on Perfect 
So now, moving on, um, we have to talk about two things. One, we have to talk about Chalang. And the second thing we're going to talk about is Kali Kuhi. Let's talk about Chalang. So I had a really good chat with, um, uh, with Nushrat Barucha, who's the actress who plays the female protagonist in a movie called Chalang that's going to be released on November 13, right around Diwali in India. It'll be released on Amazon Prime. Uh, the conversation with Nushrit was, of course, about the movie. The movie's about a physical training teacher in a small city in northern India. And the fact that he really isn't interested, he feels that sports, even though he's a physical training teacher, he just feels disinterested in his job. And he feels like most parents in India do and South Asia do, that sports is such a waste of time. Till this woman enters his life and then he has a lot to lose if he doesn't focus on getting these kids to focus on their sport. So the entire premise of the movie is a sport is as important as studies. Let's not as a nation for Indians, of course, uh, disregard the fact that sports are important. Now, that was, of course, you know, I, I grew up in India, so I know that that's that's the general outlook about sports and a lot of people who really get into sports also are looked looked upon as people who can't do both however i believe in india as as time progresses a lot more indians have become more cosmopolitan they understand the world much more better so they're looking at careers in sport as well and a lot of parents have started putting activities scheduling activities into their children's lives Having said that, I thought that was a great discussion to have, a quick discussion about how we in America look at sports and how the rest of the world look, looks at sports. Scott, what you got to say? Wow. Okay. Well, I have not seen the film. so <laughs> I... Nor have we. The film's going to be released on November 13th. You didn't even get an early preview of it? We will get an early preview. Okay, good, good. Um Okay, I think the that in the United States, sports are absolutely positively overblown, over ex exaggerated, over all of it. How I do, however, however, um, I think they have a very important place. I just think it's it's given way too much um, importance right now. Um, people look at sports as obviously for entertainment for the for the community of the school and that's fine uh, but a lot of people look at uh, athletics as a way of getting a scholarship and again i have nothing against that but that leads to prioritization of athletics over academics not always but in some cases sure um guys men and women are focusing too much on on sports as a way to get into college it's it's we're talking about teenagers. We're talking about people who are 15, 16, 17. They have so many other things going on. They have so many other, uh, this is sports should not be the absolute center of their life. And for a lot of people, it is. Now there is that small slice of people for whom it's obvious that they are gifted, like truly gifted athletes. And I understand that. So, and, and who am like, am I, am I there? At the at the at the high school stadiums, checking cards at the door, saying, "Is your kid really that good?" Like, I'm not going to stand here and tell people that they're overdoing it. It's just in my experience, a lot of people are not. They just it's too important, uh, and it was too important to me in high school, 
And I didn't get a, a scholarship, a track scholarship, but I did run track in college for a year. And in that one year, I made new friends. I traveled up and down the East Coast. Um, I was in great shape, obviously, because I was running track. But um, in hindsight, was it was it that beneficial to me? Not really. Now, some people may have other other uh, different experiences, but frankly, um, if I could do it differently, I would I would make it a lot less important. It would be a lot less of a focal point. I played soccer. That was a lot of fun. If I had taken that attitude of it's fun, it's to make friends, it's to get exercise, it's to learn some life lessons, and that's about it. If I could have transferred that to the others to track, which I took way too seriously, um, in, hindsight, in hindsight, I think I should have done that. And I, you know, am I going to go, like I said, I'm not going to go around and criticize people. I'm not going to go around, but I, I just, I, I look at the way we treat high school sports and I, I think it's, um, I think it's a, a bit much. It's a bit intense and, and club sports too, where we pay, it's pay to play. Oh, actually it's pay to play in a lot of high schools now because they their, their funding is cut short. So the bottom line is I think there's too much money. Like there's, too, it's too intense. Um, for that small percentage of people who are absolutely gifted athletes who should pursue it, fine. But you know, what do we do? How do how do we figure out those who those people are? I don't know. Zen, what you got to say? Well, I mean, my experience is going to be a little different. So I have some of the overlay of the subcontinental uh, parent uh, to be living in middle class. The traditional professions were doctor, engineer, lawyer, or, or something like that, right? And that was traditionally been seen as a path to, to living that middle class, safe middle class life, respectable middle class life. Uh, I think uh, sports for me was very much, it, I was driven by my own passions for sport. I have, you know, I have friends and family who became professional uh, in, in cricket and a few other sports, uh, but that was out of their own doing as opposed to being parent driven. And I think one of the things, and it's the unsaid thing in America, and I think it's now becoming unsaid in, even in England now with, you know, with the, say the English Premier League and maybe with India. Now it's sport is, there's so much, as you mentioned, there's so much money in sport now. Why wouldn't a parent see that as a path to middle class or even greater financial stability? Right. And I think I think that is driving it more than the eagerness of fitness, competitiveness, you know, uh, you're being right. Supportive of, you're right. Being supportive of uh, uh, a particular club or country or team. I, I think remember, like, remember, Zane, remember, Zane, we, we were talking to the cricket guy who um, yeah. who hosts who has this entire uh testing facility in milk Peters. and what he said was a lot of parents were literally moving the children back to india from us because they felt that their children could get better cricket coaching there and kind of become make it big in league it's zero because your one average or salary, two of your those average people. salary what's that so your average salary as a lawyer or a doctor in say even silicon valley or as an engineer compared to what you could make as a athlete in a lower league team in India or elsewhere, you know, it's not comparable anymore, right? It's and, and the stardom that it brings. So I, I, yeah, it's it's definitely that. And that guy did he? I, I was quite stunned when he mentioned that actually, Merle, that people are actually going back so they can put them in proper leagues uh, for cricket. I mean, I, I thought, 
wow, what happened to I want to move to America or England so my kids can go to Oxford or uh, or Harvard, right? It's, it's a complete different mindset now. Yeah, and how many of those people are actually going to be professionals? Right? Exactly. We didn't know. The competition is very high. You, you got 1.3 billion people playing cricket just in South Asia, just in India. So, you know, you have the entire Commonwealth playing cricket and everybody's competing. I mean, that's, this is one of the things that I'm talking about. The, the numbers are so astronomically against making it in the, in the, profe- in the pros that, and, and you know, the, the, obviously people are going to pursue their dreams and who am, you know, the, people uh, develop at different rates, et cetera, et cetera. So I understand why people would want to pursue these dreams. I understand why parents would want to push them, but it's just a lot. There's, there's, there's just so much against you going into that into uh into some professional uh development yeah i wonder yeah and and, and i wonder if it's going to be fueled because i mean here you you know like say in the music industry you say you you, you know you you had the hard line of maybe joe jackson with the michael with the, with the jackson family or the you know or uh tiger woods and his dad story or the venus the williams sisters i wonder how long it's going to be before we get that in a subcontinent where parents are going to be lionized and glorified for making such focus for their kids to become the next cricket star or the next Virat Virat Kohli. Kohli, yeah, the next Virat Kohli or whoever else it might be. Talking about genres, I I need to, we need to be a little quicker on on this one, but um, talking about genres, I just wanted to, before before we wrap up for the week, I wanted to talk about this movie that uh, was released on Netflix um, on 30th of October, just the day before Halloween. And you know, uh, it was, it's a horror genre movie, and I wasn't, I'm not a horror genre person, so I wasn't really looking forward to <laughs> watching it so much, but hey, I had to, we had to review it. So I, I, I half-heartedly started watching it, and the other factor why I wanted to watch it, um, or or kind of that piqued my interest was, it was it had Shivan Azmi associated with it, and Shivan Azmi is such a veteran actress, that um, you know, there isn't there isn't a movie of Shabana as me I wouldn't watch. So I was expecting horror. I was expecting um, you know to, to to be afraid, to have fear. But I ended up it ended up sending me down that entire path of realizing how unequal women still are. Uh, when when we look at a horror genre. Um, honestly, what do we what do we look for? We look for fear factor. We look for gut wrenching emotions. Um, I was I was I was I was hoping there'd be good SFX. There'd be the gore factor. There's there's a bit of that somewhere because especially when when you know they kill the kids. So that the gore factor is of course there, but you know highly expected because the story is about rural India where where when girls are born they're killed, female infanticide. And uh, in this story specifically, the girls come back to revenge their deaths. And it's, 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 you know, it's not old fashioned horror, but it talks about a very important aspect, which is female infanticide and, and what has happened to, to India because of this, this custom where women are a part of this entire process of killing their own female children. To the effect for so many years over 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 centuries 
um, that it has it has led to a very disproportionate man to woman ratio. There are places in the Punjab that don't have enough women. So they end up marrying male order brides and one woman for the entire family or, or a group of brothers. So this is the reality of what has happened with India because they started killing their own daughters. And why are they killing these daughters? They're killing these daughters because one poverty. Number two, they want boys because, hey, boys earn and girls Whatever you spend on the girls, they go and marry somebody else and they become somebody else's property. Thinking of girls as property. Uh, then, of course, the fear uh, women are unsafe in India. So I, I remember working with a non-profit. It, it, was, it was a Jewish non-profit that had projects to, to support women in India. And they said a lot of men would, would take money from us, educate the kid, and then try to marry them off as soon as possible, as soon as, you know, 10 or 12 years of age. Even though it's illegal in India to marry women below the age of 18, they still do it because in their heads, and these were interviews that this Jewish nonprofit conducted, in their heads, they thought that once we get them married off, even if they live with us, the responsibility of their safety moves on to the husband's family and the husband. Literally, that's the reason they would get their kids married off. So a lot of factors, a lot of socioeconomic factors at play in women equality space, but also it's women survival space. Right. So, um, so of course, we can talk a lot more about female infanticide and go into detail. But with this movie, especially, there were hardly any plot twists. There were, you know, there were no myths to support the plot. Even, even then, the actors were good. Some of the actors were good, especially Miss Miss Azmi, Shaban Azmi. I've, I've I've loved her since I was a I was a baby. Uh, I've, we've seen her movies growing up and all of a sudden you see her in a horror movie not being able to give in she didn't have the the entire breadth of uh, of, of uh, a character to play and that was very disappointing uh, there were new actors um, which is which is okay but but also uh, you know there's nothing in that movie that that told that told of horror i mean there is horror associated with it there were there were shots of fog and a well the movie's called kali kuhi so it's it was about a black well uh where they used to throw these kids after killing them and uh, these girls after killing them but it's just it was just so confusing to watch it because there's no connect uh, we just lost the connect i think the director just lost the connect in middle of everything else but then it took me to this entire female infanticide scene, which was really heart-wrenching to revisit. Well, I mean, as a movie, it doesn't sound all that great in terms of a, a horror plot line. Um, um, but, I mean, female infanticide, I think societies across the world have been battling that. Uh, and, you know, some maybe, if, if this is still present in places like India, you know, it's, it's just a matter of catching up. But I find, I, you know, I, I just find the whole notion disgusting, right? And it's so much tied to, you know, that concept of honor and the concept of yeah, but, but, but Zane, we would, we would think this is we would think this is remote and it does it wouldn't happen in our neighborhood. But these are the same people in our neighborhoods here in America that are still believers in honor system. Do you know how many women get 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 killed for the honor of the family here in America? Oh, I, I, I don't. Know Scott's I mean. expression, but yes, Scott, these are our neighbors. 
Many. Uh, female, female genital mutilation. You know how much happens? Do you know Michigan Supreme Court actually actually took away the uh, took away the protection for female genital mutilation? They took away the protection. It's okay to mutilate women, literally. And these are these are rulings that happen on a daily basis that we Americans don't even know about. It's happening in our societies, in our neighborhoods, because we're not one. We're not a homogeneous people. We are from all over the world. And when people from all over the world subsist in one environment, they do bring their cultures in with them. Well, that's a culture they can leave behind and take away because it's just ridiculous. And anything like, I mean, killing a poor child before, you know, yeah, it's, I, I, I can't imagine it. I mean, I've read the history books and, you know, you've had, you know, this is this is a practice that has gone away in many cultures and it's it's just i in this day and age for it to exist is just i it's unbelievable i'm lost for words it, it shouldn't it shouldn't exist it's disgusting It is. It is. Scott, you got nothing to say because this no, is a shock to you. I can look at the expression and I can, I, I can, uh, I can only imagine how alien that that sounds to you. But I've heard of it as a practice, but it, no, it's it's. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's horrifying, and there's really not. I'm, I'm at a loss for words because that's a, it's a situation where there there aren't a lot of words. I mean, they're not going to do much it's it's something that right. it's horrifying and that's about as that's that's as much as i have to add to the conversation and and i also it also feels very remote to me but I, I i have great respect for european law at least in europe this is a crime um you it, it's it's a criminal offense against humanity but there, in America, the laws are so disparate because of the federal-state relationship that in some states it's it's criminal, in other states it's not. It's probably going to be the way abortion will be if we ever, um, if we don't win um, a equitable government um, for ourselves tomorrow. Well, I mean that's a that's a long debate, right? Of the pros and cons of that side oh, of how we choose think, to I govern think, ourselves i guess once again once again i'm not gonna i'm just not <laughs> <laughs> i know i know it's a tough week ahead guys i know that uh tomorrow is going to be gut-wrenching and we're all waiting for something something's got to give now after four years of all of this but having said that this is time for us to wind up the show for the week it was lovely seeing you guys again i know we discussed a lot of things and a lot of things will move on to the next week i know we will come back we would have watched gangs over sipper next week we would have also done more sharuk stories by then so i look forward to seeing you both next week for now it's a goodbye from miral scott and zane at daisies.live don't forget to follow us at daisies.live on instagram and facebook and daisies live on twitter